And thanks, Pastor Stevie. Good morning, church. Wow, that was a good one. Y'all had your coffee this morning. I'm so glad you were here. It's a good day. It's a good day, good day. Do you care if I just teach today? Is that cool? I'm looking forward to next week. Pastor Stevie is actually preaching. So he's the yelling pastor. I'm the calming, loving pastor. Um, that's why I brought him on staff, is he can yell and then I can, I can help you with your wounds. It's like the good cop, bad cop thing, only we do it with ministry. But um, anyway, next week's going to be great. But I'm glad you are here today. We are in a series called Climate Change. Uh, you hear a lot about climate change, don't we, in our world. And uh, yeah, I like how they say it when it's like minus five. Like, oh, global warming. You know, like, we well, come to Idaho. Uh, and, uh, it, it, you know, global warming is a thing. Their biggest deal is we're destroying the planet. But I want to tell you, the spiritual climate is more important than what's going on in our world. Okay, I read the end of the Bible, and the Bible says, if you don't know this, the Bible says that the earth is basically reserved for fire, that God's just going to burn the thing anyway. All right, so uh, we have to understand what the end is, and the end is, is that God wins, and the followers of God win. So if you're a Christian today, you're on the winning team. The, the thing that we struggle with is, is from here to the end, right? It's the battle in between. And so anyhow, uh, I want to focus today on our, on our spiritual climate because our spiritual climate is more important than saving the snails and the whales, right. all right? I mean, I'm all about saving to a point. Um, the spotted owl is actually why we are in Idaho. Uh, 31 years ago, they decided that the spotted owl was a thing. And so my dad moved his logging company to Idaho, which was the best thing for us. And then he discovered that there's spotted owls everywhere. Right? That's, they, they, they barked and then they're like, oh, they're all over the place. So, but it was good for us. So last week we kind of ended with a new calendar year. Just because you flip the calendar doesn't mean that change happens. A lot of people think that, well, it's 2022. Um, that's not as, well. here's what I do hope is that a calendar flip hopefully helps us refocus where we're going in life um, and, or where we got in life and how we got there. Like where I am and how did I get to where I'm at? Um, and this would probably be a good time to tell you, uh, new people to the church, my famous story. Um, and if you've been here, Georgian, Rick, you guys that have heard the story a million times, I'm sorry that you have to endure it again. Um, this would have been my first car accident. And it had to do with me waving at girls. And uh, how many of you have not heard my Jeep story? How many of you have heard it? Because I'm going to take a vote here. Because, okay. And some of you are just disobedient. You're not raising your hands regardless. Um, rebellious. Uh, Talking about keeping your eyes on a goal. Okay, my, my dad, when I was 13 years old, I started driving early. Yeah, as kids, we lived in the country. And my mom had a 1978 CJ5 uh, with a 304 in it. It was a really cool Jeep. And my dad sent me down the hill, which is a really windy road, uh, to the bottom of the mountain to get some basketball uniforms that he had had a team for his company. And so as I was you know, driving up out of the driveway, there was three girls from school. They were kind of cute. And, uh, and we only had three girls in our school because it was so small. But... <laughs> Yeah, and so as I'm, I'm coming around this hairpin corner, I see them, and, you know, 13, you're driving mom's new Jeep, it's, it, you're cool. And, and so I waved at them, and all of a sudden, the Jeep is sideways in a ditch, just, and my little brother landed on top of me, and I was smart enough to shut the engine off, and I asked the question, I said, did we just wreck? Like, did we just wreck? As, you know, sometimes it's obvious, and when we don't keep our eyes focused on the goal, okay, my goal was to get uniforms, but then my goal switched to impress girls, and boy, were they impressed. Um, go to elementary school the next day, and, and you get to tell the story, and so my dad got a piece of logging equipment and a winch, and they flipped it back up, and he had me drive it home, and I didn't want to, but he made me do it anyway, uh, because I have a dad that believed in me. 
I did have to buy a new top for, the, for my mom's Jeep, all right? but, it, but it taught me something. It, it taught me something that we can get easily distracted. And when we're distracted, easily we get off the road. And so all of us in our walk with God, we're like on this road and, and we can get off track really, really fast, really, really easy. So today, um, well, my hope is, is that we go home with something uh, to stay focused on our goals and, and how to get there. Okay, I've, I've showed you this for lots of years. Um, it's the what. In the how, okay? What, what do you want your life to look like? Well, most of us know what that is. I mean, we have the, an idea. Uh, this is the hard part. This, this is how we get there could be hard because anybody can dream, but to put feet to the dreams, okay, that's where it takes tenacity. It takes stick to it, it, to stick to it. And that's what today is what's going on. So again, um, I hope that we refocus today on where life is, how we got here, and maybe how not to get there again. But I thought about this. Wouldn't it be great if certain days had a reset button? Wouldn't that be great? A certain day you could just hit the reset button and start over. Um, I wish conversations in marriage had a reset button. I wish I had a DVR that I could say what I'm going to say and see her reaction to it and then back up, go, yep, don't say that. Would that be awesome? Unfortunately, that's not what happens. Uh, Ladies, you are equipped with a natural DVR. You remember everything. Um, Whereas us men are more like a, you know, on a, maybe a 12 minute cycle that we just forget what happened 13 minutes ago. But ladies, you, you have a DVR. You can remember all kinds of things. You can remember what we were wearing when we offended you 15 years ago. And we don't even remember that we offended you, okay? Um, so it, it, it's a little easier being a guy than it is a woman. I will give you that, all right? But I wish we had a reset button, all right? I want to show you just a simple little illustration. So that represents, what do you think that represents? Thank you for being such a studious audience. Um, and this represents something that will keep you from your goals, okay? Now, for me to reach that, what would you tell me to do? Oh, let go. Well, what if I don't want to? What if I want to get a longer one? Yes. Yeah, some of y'all thinking, you know, this is what it is. All right. <laughs> if I can't reach that, your advice to me simply would be let go. Okay. And that's what the title of today's message is, is letting go of whatever makes you stop. Now this rope, this, this, it's actually a lead rope for a horse. It represents something to you specifically. Okay. What is it that you're holding on to that you need to let go of? And we're going to talk about, it could be bitterness, jealousy, anger, the past. There's a lot of things, maybe even your success. Okay, success can actually hold you back from future goals. So this is going to represent something to each individual as we go into this lesson. So uh, Philippians chapter three, uh, there's a great part of the Bible for the start of a new year. Okay, Paul the apostle is talking to uh, some, a church in, Phil, Philipp, in Philippi that he started and he's writing this letter from prison, like he's imprisoned for serving God. And he's writing, encouraging the, the church in Philippi just to keep going. And, and so it's amazing that somebody can be in prison, suffering for Jesus, and yet be the one that's encouraging. Because if it was us being in the prison, we would want the church to be encouraging us. But here he reverses this. Why? Because he has this mental thing that, that I need to encourage people. Um, even in my prison, I can encourage somebody else. So um, he had a lot to get over. So if you're here today, maybe you've done a lot of bad things and you think, okay, how could God love me? How could I matter? The apostle Paul probably did worse things than you. Okay, he was known as as kind of a Christian murderer. He was a persecutor of the church. Um, He was a very religious person. He was a Pharisee. So he was a religious leader of the day. Um, Tried to do everything right according to the Old Testament law, but his heart was very far from God. You can do the right things with the wrong motive. 
Okay, and that's where Paul was at. So if, if you try to use your past as an excuse, compare yourself to what he did, you probably weren't as bad. Anybody kill a bunch of Christians in here? If you are, just security, just take note of where they're sitting, if you would. Um, but, but he had a lot of stuff to get over. He, he was very zealous, but zealous in the wrong direction. So before I get into the story, in this story, I want to tell you a story of, of something that happened to me several years back. Uh, and then I'll tell you why I'm telling you the story. And we had a great snowstorm. They called it Snowmageddon. I don't know how many years ago it was, uh, but there was some, some friends at church here that we had this weekend. We were off and we were on vacation and we were going to go up to my parents' cabin and, uh, and for the weekend. And it snowed so much. And so I had a snowmobile that ran sometimes, which is great. Our good snowmobiles were actually at the cabin. Uh, there was probably, I don't know, two and a half feet, three feet of snow in some places. And so we were going to go up for the weekend and I had this plan. So Bob, I get, I get the snowmobile loaded up on the trailer. I take snowshoes in case the snowmobile died, which I had this habit of dying. And, and so I got up to the road. I had to park on Sweet Ola Highway because the, the road plows actually plowed a lot of snow in front of the driveway. And so I got the snowmobile unloaded and I go about a hundred yards and it dies. And just, I, and I'm cranking, cranking, I'm sweating. It's terrible. If you've ever been in that situation, it's not even fun. So I get the snowshoes. I thought this thing is not going to go. I get the snow. I start walking. I start sinking. And I can't, I can't even go there. And, and so the, the snow is now about up to my knees. So it was about eight inches. This is Pastor Stevie. This is about eight inches deep. Uh, and, uh, and I walk in and I am, I am determined because it's a mile and a half uphill to the cabin. I'm determined to get up there. And I'm just, I have that mentality of my dad taught us to be very goal oriented. And so, and so I start snowshoeing and I can't, and the snowshoes are sticking. So I take those off and I'm like, I'm going to get up this road. So I start walking and I'm seriously, I'm up, it's deep and getting colder and the sun's going down and I'm about halfway up. And what do I do? Like, I'm going to make this happen, right? We've got the friends coming. We've got this plan. And it got to a point, like I'm literally thinking about wolf packs. Never seen a wolf up there, but it's amazing what your mind does when you can't run. Right, and I'm, I'm, I'm literally up. And so I start, seriously, Scott, I actually started writing, wait, you're not Scott, you're Scott, um, Scott's brother. When Scott's brother sits where Scott normally sits, it's, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I start writing the time, like in the snow, like this is where I was at when the wolves got me or when I died. Like literally, I'm writing the time here and I'm trudging and trudging. I can see the cabin so close yet so far. And I'm soaked, I'm tired, I'm cold. And I'm like, this is crazy. What am I doing? But I'm going to get there. And I finally trudged my way up. I even went off trail once to take a shortcut, which was really deep, about three feet. Um, and, uh, and I got back up on, and I, this is nuts. But I finally got to the cabin. And I'm like, okay, I'm here. We're going to make this happen. I get the backhoe and I start clearing the road out and, and I come around this corner and I slid and the backhoe slipped off. And so I had to use the backhoe to pull myself back up onto the road and this crazy. So I keep going down the road, push the snow down there. Well, the cars can't get up the road. And then I almost wrecked the backhoe. Like I got, it slid off to a corner and I crushed. I had to go back up to the house because the backhoe was hanging over the edge. Had them bring my dad's truck up that had a winch on it. So we're winched to the, to the backhoe. I'm trying to pull myself and I'm like, I'm going to flip over. I'm going to die. I'm going to ruin dad's backhoe. This is crazy. But doggone it, I'm determined. I got a goal and I'm going to get there. Okay. So then the pickup gets stuck. We go to pull it out and then the power steering pump explodes because we put too much torque on it, turns sideways. This is not a good weekend. All right. Give everything up to the house with a backhoe bucket because they couldn't get the cars up because it was that slick. So we have all the luggage in the backhoe bucket and we're driving up the road. And we get up there and I went to make a phone call and the phone lines are dead. Well, I discovered that when I pulled myself out with the hoe, okay, I went through the phone line. 
this was not a good weekend. This was, you never have those things, this is going to be funny later. This isn't one of them. <laughs> I, I wished it wouldn't have happened, okay? But here's, here's my point. My point is, is we can be so determined to get to a certain goal that we can do a lot of destruction on the way there. You have to know when to stop. You have to know when to call it. You have to know when to go, you know what? There's nothing's going wrong. We probably should just go home. But I was so determined to make something happen, I actually created a big mess. And isn't life like that sometime? Okay, we can even have good intentions, but we can make a mess of things. So we have to know when to go of the things, uh, let go of the things that, that cause us to stop. So the Apostle Paul, again, very zealous, but he's encouraging uh, his, his church family here. And I love what he says in verse one of chapter three. He starts out with this. He says, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Okay, it is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. It is a safeguard for you. He was like a spiritual dad to all these spiritual children. And he is saying, I've told you this before, but I'm going to tell you again. So a lot of the things that I say today may not be brand new to you, but there are things that we need to be reminded of. And that's why this is a teaching instead of a preaching. I've told you this before, I'm going to tell you again. And as parents, we understand this. We state the obvious, right? Our kids go drive somewhere. What do we say? Drive safe. Okay. They kind of know that, but we feel like led to do this. Just drive safe. And people, when I'm flying somewhere, people say, well, have a safe trip. I'm like, that's up to the pilot. It's like, I'm just in the back, right? I've told you this before. I'm telling you again. And here's how I look at my Christian walk. And I think we can relate to this. The Christian life is often like driving a car that's consistently losing its alignment. Right? It's, it's consistently, you let go of the steering wheel, it goes off the road. A beat a Christian feels like that sometimes, doesn't it? Okay. Um, and and you, this might work. Okay, You can't let go of the steering wheel and expect to stay on the road unless you drive a Tesla. <laughs> but even a Tesla needs lines. right? If, you, if your Teslas can drive themselves. And this is a little bit scary because okay, you see these cars are letting go of the steering wheel and doing stuff which isn't a new thing, right? but a Tesla will, will drive itself if there's lines. I prefer the rumble strips. Yeah, because yeah, I can look and when, as soon as you hear the, you know to get back on the road. I did it to my wife the other day, freaked her out. It was awesome. Now she's like, ah! and I was like, I know what I'm doing. It's the rumble strips, right? And I said, just consider it a free back massage. I'm just being a good husband here, okay? Tesla driving won't work for your life because life will not put you back on the road, okay? There are ditches, it's not bumper bowling. I wish it was. Okay, our spiritual walk is not bumper bowling. It doesn't just put you back on when you get off. You will go into the ditch if you don't stay straight, all right? Our natural tendency is to do what's wrong, and that's what's so tough about being a Christian is our natural tendencies, okay? Well, let me tell you this. You have way more control of how your life is turning out than you want to believe. You really do, okay? Life is really about choices, and we seem to be living in a generation where a majority of people want to blame others or circumstances for how their life is turning out. Okay, that our generation is like that. We want to blame something. Well, blaming never fixes anything, okay? Why is this? Why do we have this mentality? Here's my answer. Because if I can blame something else, I do not have to be responsible for my behavior. Okay, if I can blame the past, I can blame your ancestors, mine, I can blame something, but I won't have to be responsible for it. The fact is, is that we are, okay? You will never live a successful life if you have this attitude. And this is what Paul's about to tell us here. Again, uh, Philippi is this little Roman colony, 
that, that Paul started this church at. Um, he's in prison writing these letters to encourage them in their walk with God. He's in prison because of his faith in Jesus Christ, and he's encouraging them to stay faithful. Um, the problem that he's having is there are people that come in behind Paul, and they're like, yeah, Jesus is great, but you still need to obey the law. You still need to be circumcised. You still need to follow these things. And Paul's like, no, I, I, I went that direction. That's how I lived it. It didn't work. There was no peace trying to be religious. The peace came when I met Jesus Christ, okay? And my life changed. So he's saying, you can't, you can't earn it. I tried it. It doesn't work. I was a Pharisee and I was a good one, but it didn't give me peace. So you can try all you can to do it on your own, but you will still fail. And so he's, he's encouraging them, like, I'm improving, I'm working on my life, but I'm not there yet. And I will tell you this, maturity is a destination. I'm sorry, maturity is not a destination, it's a journey. It's a journey. We're all on this journey of maturing, I hope. Okay, some of us are maturing a little slower than others, but at least we're working on it. So he, he in verse 12, we're going to cover three verses here. He says, it's titled, Pressing On Toward the Goal. And I want to show you the three things here that he says, all right? Pressing on, okay, meaning there's some resistance, okay? So, so get this as he writes this. He says, not that I've already obtained all this. All of what, Paul? What are you talking about? Well, the last verses, he's talking about all these things that he did for God, but he really did them for himself. He says, as far as legalistic righteousness, he goes, I was the best, I, I, did, I did the law perfectly, but I didn't do it the way that Jesus wanted me to. I was just doing it because it was the law and it didn't get me anything. Matter of fact, he says, whatever I consider profit, I, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. I, I did all this stuff, but it meant nothing because I didn't do it for the right reason. So he says, not that I've already obtained all this or have been already made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This is a very famous verse in locker rooms, okay, because we all think it's talking about football, right? I press on, all right? Now, now Paul, Paul makes it very clear in verse 10, his goal. His goal was, okay, to be the best Christian he can be, well, sort of, Okay, that, that was kind of his goal, but here's what he says this. I, I want to know Christ. Okay, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, okay? Becoming like him in his death. His whole goal wasn't to be the best religious person he could be like it was when he was a Pharisee. When, when he gave his life to Jesus, he said, I just want to be like Jesus. I want to love like Jesus. I want to forgive like Jesus and be graceful like Jesus. And I want to react like Jesus. When people beat me up, I just want to have the same reactions that he did. That is now my goal. It's not to be some famous religious person. It's just to be like Jesus. It's to respond the way that Jesus responded. I don't know if you've seen The Chosen, okay? It's, it's, a, it's a really a great, great show to show you what Jesus was like as a human. Fully God, fully man, but he was human. Anybody seen it? All right, it, it's good, right? Because it kind of gives you a really glimpse of his day-to-day -day walk. I, I love the, the scene where it shows his campsite early in the morning and he comes walking out of the woods. Oh, yeah. Every man knows what he was doing. Yeah. You're like, what was he doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was starting his morning off with prayer. <laughs> I don't know. He's probably doing something else, right? His body worked just like everybody else. He ate food and his food had bad stuff in it too. And you're all uncomfortable. We're talking about this. Jesus, Jesus went to the bathroom. Yes, he did. Right? He had a human body. Okay. And it helps you relate to how he related to people and how he lived his life. And Paul's just saying, I just want to be more like that. 
Okay, I, I'm not looking at being a spiritual giant. I just want to be a little more like Jesus every day. That's my goal. Okay, his goal was to be religious. Now his goal is to be righteous, is to be like Jesus. There's three things I want to point out here. And if you saw how many fingers I just held up, you're paying close attention. Scott <laughs> is good right there. Man, I guess good. Three things, all right? Number one, the title is Pressing On. Okay, this insinuates resistance. And I will tell you that anything you do for God, anything you attempt to do for God will meet resistance. I promise you. Some of you have recently given your lives to Jesus Christ, all right? You're saved, you're good. You, you heaven, your ticket's punched, you're ready to go. Well, I shouldn't say that. Your ticket's not punched yet. You have the ticket, all right? Um, we will get our ticket punched. We will breathe our last. I gotta be careful what I say. Um, some of you just are like, what? Uh, yeah, you just don't know yet. All right, we have our ticket. Okay, Jesus saved us. We're on our way to heaven. When we die, heaven is our home. But it's the battle that you will face from now till then is that you gotta deal with. And that's really what today is all about. So pressing on insinuates resistance, okay? Anything you do for God will be resisted and it will be tested. You can count on it, okay? Number two, the word toward, okay? Pressing on toward, toward is going in the right direction. Okay, it might be slow progress, but at least it's progress. Okay, toward means you're going toward the goal. And the goal is what he's trying to achieve. And that is a, a Christ-like life. I'm just trying to be more like Jesus. Now, verse 12, he shifts a little bit. And I want to tell you this, okay, he's honest in his evaluation of himself. He said, I'm not there yet. I, have, I haven't arrived. Here's the apostle Paul who ends up writing half the New Testament. Very godly man, but also a human. Okay, and if, you, if you're thinking, well, Paul, you know, he was so godly, he got to have the death. He must not have struggled with it. You know, go read Romans chapter seven. Romans chapter seven, he talks about the flesh that he has. He says, I battle this thing every day. Now, we don't know exactly what Paul battled. He was a man, so I'm sure there was sexual temptation, had all these women following him. He was single, okay? But, but we don't know exactly what he fought, but he fought something. Because in Romans seven, he's like, gets real. He's like, this flesh just wants to do its own thing. And it's a constant fight constant battle. I battle, I battle, I battle, I battle, and then I battle some more. I get over something, then I battle some more. So if, you, if you're struggling, go read chapter 7 of Romans and realize that that's just kind of the human behavior. That we struggle and we fight and we battle. The important thing is that you continue to fight, continue to battle, okay? He's honest with where he's at, okay? His goal, again, was to be more like Christ. So number one, in order to get to the right destination, you have to be honest with where you are. Right, back in the days of MapQuest. Okay. MapQuest is old, okay? MapQuest was, was not GPS related. Now everybody knows where you're at, okay? They know where your phone is. All you have to do is say directions to Change Life Church and it will tell you how to get there from wherever you're. It already knows where you are. But with MapQuest, it used to say type in your destination. You had to be honest with where you were at. To get the directions to go to, to where your goal was, you had to be honest with where you are. And there's a lot of people that struggle with this. A lot of people struggle with being honest with where they're at. But the only way you can grow is if you say, you know what, here's where I am. And I'm gonna be honest with where I'm at. And for me to get to my goal, I gotta be honest with where I'm at today, where my heart is today, where my life is today. You know, I wish my Alexa at home, Alexa watches you and listens. Did you know that? You gotta be careful. All right, I wish there was, you know, a, a, hey, Alexa, show me how to have a happy marriage. <laughs> Quit being a jerk, okay? That's probably what she would answer, only our Alexis is an Australian male. Um, my son changed it. All right, but Alexa would tell you if Alexa could speak, and Alexa, well, she kind of can speak, but if Alexa could tell on you, if you could say, Alexa, how do I have a better marriage? And Alexa's been watching you in the kitchen, wherever your Alexa's at, wherever, she's been listening to you, what would she say? 
based on your behaviors, based on how you talk and how you act. And I even found that when I come into the room, Alexa lights up. It's kind of like my wife, same, same thing. I walk into the room, she lights up. She lights up like Alexa, right? Sometimes it's fire in her eyes. It just depends on what I've been doing or saying. Yeah, different lights. But what would Alexa say? What would Alexa say about how you speak to each other or what you do? You understand what I'm saying? Alexa's kind of watching. you. knows your behaviors. And I've even had like advertisements pop up of things you're talking about. Like, you know, a new clutch for a truck or whatever. And all of a sudden it's there. You're like, that's really strange. And there's times that I would just unplug Alexa because it kind of freaks me out just a little bit. All right. He has this goal, but he's honest with where he's at, okay? He wants to respond better, to treat people better, to avoid sin if he can, but it's not that easy. Why? Because it goes against human nature, okay? That's why I have to press on. It's an uphill battle. You cannot let your guard down. I will tell you, even Golgotha, where Jesus was crucified, was uphill. Okay, there was a goal. He had a goal of what to die for us, but it was an uphill battle. So Jesus understands uphill battles, and as does the apostle Paul. Anything worth pursuing is hard. Okay, let's just be honest. Okay, anything worth pursuing is hard. Number two, it's going to be hard at times, but it's worth it. It's going to be hard, especially if you're a newer Christian. There's going to be moments where you're like, is this even right? Is this even real? And it's okay to ask those questions, but you have to go back to where you were before. Where you were before was on the highway to hell, and that wasn't a good place. Okay, the devil will always try to make you think that, that what you used to be was easier and yes, there may have been some things that were easier, but life wasn't easier. In our lives, we have to learn to say no to things we used to say yes to, okay, to achieve our goals. That's what we got to do, all right? The important thing is that you stay in the fight, okay? It's a, it's a lifelong battle to the end. Uh, I think for me, f- football is probably the perfect example of Christian life, okay? You have, a, a, you have boundaries, you have referees, you got water boys, Okay, you got the coach who's telling you how to do things. You have a play, you have a plan. Uh, you got a football and the football is to do what? Get down to the end zone. Can you imagine a football game where there was no defense? Like just an offensive football game and another 100 yard run. Again, for the 16th time in the game. Okay, yeah, there's a pass of 80 yards and a touchdown. There's no pass interference. Quite because there's no defense. Can you imagine a life like that? Can you imagine watching a football game where there's no Opponent? That would be boring, right? What fun would that be? You guys, we expect our Christian walk to be that way at times. We, we think, well, there shouldn't be no opponent. I should be able just to march the ball down and score. That's not how it is, okay? Football is, is all about trying to get down to the goal line and having somebody try to stop you. And not just stop you, but hit you hard while you're doing it. Okay, with the way our world is going, pretty soon NFL will be touch football. <laughs> you can do two-hand touch, all right? Because you know, we don't want to have any resistance, right? No, I love watching football mostly for the collisions. Like the hard hits, those are the ones that get our attention, don't they? Like the hard, we, like, we want to rewind that. Why? Because we enjoy that. Well, in our Christian walk, we get hit hard. We don't want to rewind that. I don't want to get hit hard, okay? I, I don't want my family to get hard, but that's how it is. Okay, life is full of resistance. So we're not alone in this battle. And the thing is just to keep on going, keep on keeping on. So listen to me, all right? Some of you have the habit of giving up when it gets hard. I'm not gonna call you out. He might know who you are, okay? I don't, I'm not thinking of anybody specifically, but I've had many sermons where people afterwards were like, were you talking about me? I'm like, 
Was I? <laughs> I don't know. Was I? Maybe the Holy Spirit's talking to you. But some of you have this habit, and when I speak in a couple weeks, um, that's going to be our talk, is, is habits and patterns. Like in our lives, we have habits and we have patterns, and that's why life turns out the way they are. But some of you have the habit of giving up when it gets hard. Like you have this goal, and, and, and you see the goal, but, but as soon as it's great until you hit resistance, okay, as soon as, as, soon as it gets tough, you're like, eh, it's, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't have resistance, okay? And you have to learn to let go of that. And there's some of you who need to learn to let go of some things that you don't want to let go of, but you need to let go of. Some of you have some false hopes, false dreams. I've, I've seen people hold on to, and I'm going to say this, on, on to past relationships, okay, that are years sailed, but they're still waiting for that ship to come back. And my advice there, unless God is telling you specifically, otherwise you have to learn to let go in order to move forward, okay? Holding on to some false hopes, all right? It's just a, a crazy deal. Here's, here's what I want you to hear from me though today is you have what it takes to succeed, you do. My question is this, will you do what it takes? Will you do it? You have what it takes. I, I know most of you, I told first service the same thing. I know most of you, most of you are stubborn and hard-headed. Okay, and those of you whom I don't know, you're probably a lot like those you're sitting with that you're, okay, it, 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 we're humans, we're like that. I think God made us that way. We're stubborn, we're hard-headed, we like our way, but we can use that for our advantage. You have what it takes, I believe in you, you do. As your pastor, as your friend, you have what it takes. Well, you do what it takes. That's what I'm asking, because having what it takes and doing what it takes are two totally different things. Having what it takes is having the tool, doing what it takes is using the tool to build something or to fix something. It takes effort, to do what it takes, okay? So the change comes in day-to-day -day things, all right? You can make a decision, but the change comes when you maintain that decision. I made the second best decision in my life, okay, August 1st, 1992. My first decision I made was to give my life to Jesus Christ. The second best decision was to give my life to my wife, okay? To, to get married, okay, was the, was the second best decision I've made in my life. And life has been great, 29 years of bliss, I've just, it was easy. I made a great decision and that decision has been just wonderful marital bliss the whole time. We don't fight. Nothing, I mean, nothing goes wrong. It's great. Why? Because I married the right person. Marry the right person, right things happen. It's just how it is. Um, I say jump, she says how high. <laughs> no, I say jump, she hits me. That's how usually, that's how usually that works. <laughs> All right? So I made a great decision and then the rest has been piece of cake. Because when you put two imperfect people together and expect them to get along 24-7, it just happens. Because we both love Jesus, so just everything's great. It's like, no, you first. No, you first. No, you first. No, what do you want? No, no. no. <laughs> if you're brand new, I'm totally lying to you, right? <laughs> Having a great marriage takes effort. It takes work at times, right? Now, you, I hate to say the to work because then it connotates something bad, but you do have to work at it. Right? You have to work at loving. You have to work at being patient and being kind when they don't see it your way because your way is usually the right way. That's how we look at it. We make a good decision because the, the decision has to be maintained. Okay, the easiest part of marriage is I do. That is the easiest part is saying I do because you have all these intentions of what it's going to be like. And here's the real deal. We think marriage is really about me getting what I want. I don't, know, I don't know many people who get married. I don't know of anybody at this point, Brian, who've went like, you know, I'm here to completely serve this person. They say it, but they don't mean it. They say it because I'm gonna get something out of this deal, right? We stand up and we make these, these promises. 
And, and I always get a kick out of these vows that, that are, you know, they write these vows and, and, and I'm just like laughing. I'm trying to do the ceremony and I'm just going, <laughs> what are you in for, buddy, man? I will always love you. I will always honor you. I will always, always, always. And I'm like, you're full of baloney, bro, because you, you don't know what's coming. Like, you don't know what's coming. You don't know what's coming. I, I like the ones that are honest and say, I will try to do my best to love you and cherish you and honor you, you know. Uh, but, but the wedding intentions instead of, you know, these promises. And, and again, I love being married. I love my wife. She's my best friend. But guys, it still takes effort. It still takes maintenance. It still takes being kind and being nice and being like Jesus for a marriage to be successful, okay? It doesn't just happen. It's like having a child. You don't just give birth to a kid and go, okay, hey, good luck. <laughs> See you when you're 18. <laughs> and when you're 22 and when you're 30 and when you're 35, right? We don't have a baby and just leave it. it there's got to be maintenance there. And so that's what Paul is telling us here is our walk with God has to have maintenance. We have to continue to serve him, continue to, to go after him, okay? You have what it takes, will you do what it takes? That's the question. Here's, here's what I, I know about good decisions. Good decisions have to be maintained. They do. You know what stinks? Bad decisions succeed on their own without any effort. That's not even fair. It's not even right. Okay, it's like weeds, right? You don't have to tend weeds. I don't have to go out and tend puncture vine and goat heads and go, hey, how you guys doing today? Uh, right, you, you plant a garden and it takes effort. It takes fertilizer and water and sun and lots of love and, and stinking tomato plants. I mean, if they just get a hint of smell of, of 2,4-D from the neighbor's yard, they die. It's like the tomato plants are like, oh, I smell it. <laughs> okay. Goat heads, man, you spray them with Roundup. They're like, thank you. <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> That's what they do. That's what goat heads are. That's the best part of the message right there, wasn't it, right? But Scott, we all understand this. You don't have to tend weeds. They grow on their own. Spiritually, it's no different, right? Our bad stuff just grows by itself. Number three, okay, learn to let go of what holds you back. And so what I, what I want to do is I want to ask you, what, what is... What is your rope? What is it that you're holding on to? What is it that's maybe holding on to you? And what I found, most of the time it doesn't hold on to you. you. You have the ability to let go of it because anybody that's facing what you're facing right now has gone over it, number one, and has been bound by it. It, it all is a choice as to what you're gonna do with it. So what is, your, what is your lead rope? What is it that's holding you back that you need to let go of? What is it, sometimes it's, uncompromising determination like I had to make a weekend happen and I did a lot of destruction. Doggone, I got it done. And I honestly wish today I didn't have the story because we had to pay to fix my dad's truck, almost wrecked the backhoe, had to get the phone lines done. I mean, there was a lot of things and I don't remember much fun of the weekend. I remember going, man, I created a bunch of messes that we're gonna have to fix now. What are you pursuing and what do you need to let go? You, you have to know what to let go of. What do, you, what do you need to let go of today? And only you really can answer that. And if you don't know anything, ask somebody who loves you and knows you well. They will tell you. Here's some things that you need to let go of, okay? Learn to let go of what holds you back. I'm going to list a couple things. Unforgiveness, actually more than a couple. Unforgiveness, sin, your past, whether successful or failure, because your, your successes can hold you back from future goals. You're resting on, you know, 82, like Uncle Rico, if you know Napoleon Dynamite, all right? It could be bitterness, it could be blame, it could be laziness, okay? The list goes on and on. It doesn't even have to be something sinful. 
It can just be something that just holds you back from going forward to your goal. So if you don't see it in yourself, again, ask someone who knows you well. Uh, people can see your blind spots and we all have them. That's why they're called blind spots. We also have bald spots. And if it wasn't, I know, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for, no, some of us are just bald. Some of us have bald spots. Uh, if it wasn't for photography, I wouldn't know that I have one going on back here. Like I see these pictures and I'm like, that is not my head. No, that was photoshopped because I have some hair. And that fo- the picture there, you know, my wife posted a picture. I don't know if you saw, we went down to the lights at Cincy. And, and she takes this picture of, you know, it was a selfie picture. And me and Travis, I mean, we look all right. She looks gorgeous. And, and I look like this old man with no hair. Like, I'm like, where's my hair? She's like, well, that's because the light's behind your head. And I'm like, if that would have been you, you wouldn't have posted that. I didn't say that to her. I'm like, sorry, that just came out. Um, <laughs> now I will slink off the stage, uh, right? And I will go home with my tail tucked between my legs. Uh, but it's true, right? It's like, I don't care what he looks like. It has a babe, I look like an old man. Fortunately, she didn't say you are, but I'm getting there. But it's like how the light, it was like, it was bad. I was actually self-conscious of it and I'm not very self-conscious about things. But that kind of got to me that she was actually willing to throw me out there <laughs> as this old guy married to this young hottie who looks great. It's okay. At least it was her that looked good, all right? And so anyhow, um, you know, we're trying to do something about that. I don't know if Zamzos has a product for hair growth, but we'll check into it. <laughs> All right, but we have, we have bald spots that we can't see until we see it from a different angle. And spiritually, we're the same way. We, we have blind spots. We have things that we need to work on that we can't always see. Why? Because we're used to ourselves. But other people, we, if they're honest with us, we'll say, hey, you know, like, what blind spot do I have? And they might say, man, you're kind of bitter. Like you hold on to stuff a lot. Like you DVR a lot of things that you should be letting go of and it's really holding you back. Okay, and be willing to take honest criticism. Okay, for you to grow, you have to learn to take that. So to go forward, there's some things that you have to let go of. Again, get this. I didn't have this as a slide. I probably should have. But as humans, hear me, we have this terrible tendency to hold on to things we can't change. We have a terrible tendency of holding on to things we can't change. And it can actually ruin our future. So uh, Paul, again, making his progress, it wasn't denying that things didn't happen. I mean, again, he persecuted Christians. He was very hostile to the church. He didn't deny doing it, okay? But what he was able to do was move forward from it. To say, yeah, it happened. I did, I messed up and I did a lot of bad things, but that was the old me. That was the old me. And some of you need to get that mentality of that's the old me. I'm not going back to the old me. That's not denying, yeah, I was a sinner, man. I did some bad stuff, but that's what Jesus saved me from. Matter of fact, the more stuff you were saved from, the greater your testimony, Okay, people will listen to people with a story. So it's learning that what you can't change from yesterday can hinder your progress today if you allow it to. Let me read that again. It's learning that what you can't change from yesterday can hinder your progress today if you allow it to. You have to learn how to let go. All right. Uh, there was a Boise State running back that was having a trouble fumbling so several years ago. And he was good, but he, he was fumble a lot, trying to get another extra yard. And, and so the coach did something I thought was pretty brilliant. The coach got a football of some sort, and he had a, a lanyard attached to it. And so he made this running back walk around Boise State as he's going to classes, and anybody in the school could grab the, the lanyard and try to pull the football out of his arm. 
I would not be stupid enough to do that, right? Um, I'll let somebody else do that because that guy's big and he's strong. But, but you could re- go behind him and pull on, on the rope. Okay, what did it teach him to do? Hold on to the ball, okay? Because if anybody could grab it out of your arms, right? I don't know if it was like capture the football or if there was a prize or whatever, but it was a brilliant move and he learned to hold on to that thing. See, you have a coach to tell you, hey, here's what your problem is and here's the solution, but you get to choose whether or not you want the solution or not. Coach can tell you, but you have to learn to change. You have to be willing to do what a coach allows you or tells you to do in order to grow, okay? Uh, so it's just a great thing, all right? Progress comes when you learn, get this. If you don't remember anything I have today, remember this. Progress comes when you learn what to hold on to and what to let go of. Some of you need to pull your cell phone out and take a picture of that. Okay, this is a big deal. Matter of fact, I'm just gonna get out of the way. Got a short guy getting out of the way of the screen. You're like, we can see over you anyway. <laughs> But I want to feel good about myself. I, I do this. If you guys are after church, I, I usually if you walk by me and you're short and you duck, I'm like, you don't have to duck. Um, I don't hear that very often, but I like to say it. Progress comes when you learn what to hold on to and what to let go of. Some of you are holding on to things you need to let go of. Maybe it's, again, maybe it's a past relationship. They're not coming back. Some of you, listen, listen. Some of you are waiting for an apology that's never coming. Never coming. But you're, you're holding on to it. You're like, well, someday, as soon as they apologize, the apology's not coming. It's not coming. Drop it. Drop it like a call on Meridian Road at Columbia. There's a dead spot. Yeah? Everybody get that dead spot? I'm sure if you, if you have, you know, other carriers, you may not drop because your dead spots are everywhere. Um, but Verizon has a dead spot on Meridian Road. It's a perfect place if you want to get off the phone with somebody. You're like, oh, I'm going to lose you. Click. Uh, that would be deceitful. Just let it kill itself. Um, okay. But you need to learn to drop it. Some of you are holding on to stuff you can't change. You can't change somebody else's, okay, how they treat you. You can't change that. But it still has you bound. You need to learn to let it go. Okay. I want to talk just for a moment about boats, okay? A boat was created for something. What's a boat created for? Is a boat created to be tied to a dock, to be loved and observed and, you know, oh, it's so pretty, it's in the harbor, everything's safe. No, a a boat might stay afloat in the harbor, but that's not why it was created. It might look good for a lot of years. It may never get battered, but it never goes anywhere either. Some of you, I want to tell you, you're, you're... you're like the boat tied to a dock. You will never accomplish what God has for you if you stay in the harbor the whole time. Okay, we get out onto the seas and we get onto the rough parts of life and you might get beaten and battered and you may not look great, but at least you're doing something. Amen. And what I have found is in life that Christians that are really trying to pursue God usually get beat up the most. Okay, and they fall, they get tempted more. Because okay, if you're not any threat to, to the devil, he is not going to hit you. He's gonna leave you alone. But when you're a threat to the devil, he, he'll come after you. So I want to get into heaven, not sinless, because I know I'm not. I will get in with scars and, and, you know, beat up a little bit. But I want God to look at me and go, yeah, you made some mistakes, but boy, you were in the game. You tried. You stayed in there. You stayed in there. You kept on. You kept going. When you got knocked down and you fumbled, you repented, you got up, and you kept going. That's what God's looking for. He's not looking for perfection, guys. He's looking for people who are willing to stay in the game and, and continue to try to get the ball down the field. And yes, you're going to get sacked. You're going to get knocked down. But what you do when you get knocked down determines whether you ever get to the goal line. Okay, stay in there, hang in there. I heard a pastor say this the other day. I wanted to share it with you. He said this, he said, be bigger than your biggest excuse. 
I love that. Be bigger than your biggest excuse. All right, three recaps, and then we'll let you out of here. Number one, be honest with where you are. You gotta be honest. You gotta say, here's where I am, and God knows where you're at anyway. <laughs> Just be honest with them, okay? Be honest with where you are and be willing to work on those things. Number two, it's gonna be hard at times. Just know that it's gonna be hard. Life's gonna be hard. That's the way it is. Don't think you're special. Don't think you get picked on any more than anybody else. Life is hard. We all have different parts of our life that are hard. It's going to be hard at times, okay? And number two, learn to let go of what, of what holds you back. And only really you can answer that, okay? And if you can't think of anything, ask somebody who knows you well, say, okay, what is it that I need to let go of? And they will be able to tell you. If they know you intimately, they will be able to tell you. They will probably have several things that they can tell you, okay? <laughs> But maybe you just say, hey, list two things that I need to, I need to, because if you're married to a talker, she can go on for an hour and you won't remember anything. So if, if somebody asks you that question, you give them 50 things they need to change, they won't change one. Right, leave it at two, okay? Just say, okay, this, this is your big thing and this is the thing you can you know, let go of. Learn to let go of what holds you back, okay? So here's the real deal. I'll close with this. At times you will feel like giving up. It's what you do in those moments that determines success or failure. What I'm asking you today, what I'm challenging you to today is, is when you feel like giving up, don't. When you need to give up some things, give them up. Okay? And only you can really answer those questions. Again, some of you are holding on to stuff that you just need to let go of because you will never get to your goal. Okay? Determination can also get you into a lot of trouble like my snow story. I was so determined to get, you know, and, and I was achieving the thing that created a big mess. Okay, so only you can answer some of those questions. Am I, did you learn anything? Yeah. Good? You're like, yeah, he's done 15 minutes early. That's great. That's because I went late last time. I did, but I want you to, uh, to hear me out on this, okay? There's a decision that you need to make if you have not made it, okay? Very clear here, guys. Heaven and hell are real. That's why we have church, okay? That's why Jesus came. There are some religions that believe that there is no hell. And I'm thinking, what do you, what do you have to preach on then? Okay, hell is a real place. And why did Jesus come and die if hell doesn't exist? Doesn't make any sense, right? Heaven and hell are real places. We get to determine where we go. We get to make choices. The fact is, is that we were sinners. We've all sinned. The Bible says we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for our sins. And all we have to do is ask him to forgive us. That's, that's an easy deal, right? There's no waiting period. There's no, hey, we're gonna see if you're serious, three days. Uh, no, God forgives you the moment you ask him to. Most of us in this place have given our lives to Jesus Christ. Our eternity is dealt with. We got our ticket. We're going to heaven when we die. But if you're in here and you've never made that decision, if you've never said, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins, come into my life, be my Lord, my savior. The Bible says that we pay for our own sins and hell for eternity. And I take that serious because I read the word of God and the word of God to me is 100% true. The word of God without me is 100% true. doesn't matter what I think, it is, okay? And so we haven't made that decision, okay? I mean, you'd like to. I'm gonna ask you if you just bow your heads, just this kind of just a private moment between you and God, that if you need to give your life to Jesus Christ, if you want this forgiveness I'm talking about, God forgives you, he loves you so much. He just wants you to come home. He knows everything you've done and he wants to forgive you, but you have to ask him. And if you need to make that decision today, I'm gonna to ask you just to quietly just lift your hand up where I can see it. I'm not gonna embarrass you or point you out. But if you just acknowledge that, lift your hand up and say, Stan, that's me. I need to give my life to Jesus. I don't, if I died, I don't know where I would go. Well, you can leave today knowing where you go. Anybody at all? Okay, all right, I don't see any hands. All right, for the sake of those online,
here's what you got to do, okay? You can look up at me, and if you're too afraid to raise your hand, or if I didn't see your hand, sometimes I don't see it, that all we have to do is say, Jesus, please forgive me my sins. Come into my life, be my Lord and Savior. That, that's eternity gets taken care of right there. Aren't you glad God made it easy? Like, I'm glad it's not the DMV, just hoping you don't die while you're in line, like waiting. He makes it so easy just to ask him. So well, I hope this helped you today. Um, thank you so much for being here again uh, Wednesday night. I'm excited about that lesson we're going to teach. So have a wonderful day. Amen. Drive like a maniac. All right. <laughs> Drive safe. Please do. All right. Love y'all. Have a great day. If you have first time, go back and see Lisa at the info booth and get your coffee cup.